I was sitting on a rooftop and I saw like a seven unit apartment building. And I was like, if, if there's one person that's collecting all that rent, like he's got to be making money. And that's kind of how I fell in love with the idea of real estate. Um, started ordering like as many like books and like little workbooks I could uh, find just to, you know, educate myself. And uh, so then started looking for houses, bought my first house at 20, uh, bought my second one at 21, uh, sold it six months later, four days after my 22nd birthday, made a hundred grand in profit. And I was like, all right, this works. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today we are in studio with Austin Rutherford and my co-host, Antoine Martel, real estate genius, Whoa. entrepreneurial God. genius, I should say, <laughs> um, by my son and, uh, you know, brother and, uh, uh, and business partner. So uh, let's talk about Austin. Uh, at age 20, uh, Austin bought his first rental property. That was in December of 2013. He then went on to flip his first house, making over $100,000 in profit. And since, the, since then, has wholesaled and flipped hundreds of houses. And he now owns a pro, uh, rental property portfolio of $15 million. You may know Austin from social media because he has a million followers on social media uh, where he has built a very strong personal brand. Uh, and Austin is still investing in real estate. He has an Amazon bestseller book called Get Free Houses. And he started a company called Elevate Life. Uh, so, Austin, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to share. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, the, uh, first, let's just talk about kind of how you got started your first house so kind of how did that come about i think this is always uh, people yeah. are always interested in that why not just get a job and uh and why why For start sure. investing no, in real estate absolutely i mean my my original dream was to go to the nba so i was i was a baller back in the day i could still play a little bit <laughs> but uh that was a dream and uh you know got to a point where i just hated touching the rock um it was burnout or i don't know what it was but hated it life completely changed it was like all right well you know that was my life what do i do now and I ended up reading a book, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. um, and it just opens up to the idea of like getting more out of life, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I was sitting on a rooftop and I saw like a seven unit apartment building. And I was like, if, if there's one person that's collecting all that rent, like he's got to be making money. And that's kind of how I fell in love with the idea of real estate. Um, started ordering like as many like books and like little workbooks I could uh, find just to, you know, educate myself. And um, passive residual income was like what hooked me, like making money without mm -hmm. working continuously. Yeah. I was like, sounds pretty good. And uh, so then started looking for houses, bought my first house at 20, uh, bought my second one at 21, uh, sold it six months later, four days after my 22nd birthday, made a hundred grand in profit. And I was like, all right, this works. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all in on it. And uh, just, just been doing it ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were you going to, where is this in high school or college at the time or were you yeah. in school? Yeah, so uh, great question. So I went to high school, graduated, moved to Phoenix, Arizona to play at a prep school. Uh, again, pursuing that, that dream of the NBA. Damn. Mm -hmm. um, and at prep school, about halfway through the season, I was like, this this sucks. Like, I, I hated it. I hated my life. Uh, so I picked, I was always like, you know, hustling for money, you know, flipping uh, candy, cutting grass, shoveling driveways. Oh my uh, God. So I picked up a valet job <laughs> on the side. Uh, just because I wanted to make money and, uh, you know, kind of through that over the next couple of months is when I kind of fell into real estate. Damn. Wow. So this is a, this is also uh, so you, you just saw a house. You just decided that, OK, well, you know, this is I want to invest in that. And then you had to self-educate. Yeah. So this is kind of to me, that's kind of interesting. Like, why don't they teach that stuff at school? Why don't they? It should be part of the curriculum, the basic curriculum of, uh, of just basic education for people. No, 100%. I mean, I, 
the school system. I think we all have opinions <laughs> on. Yeah, we my, do. We can talk about Remember the school. Remember that no problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, they, they don't teach you what you need to know financially, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know if I've ever used calculus. I don't know if I've ever needed the, you know, uh, chart in science class, whatever that chart thing's called. Period on mm -hmm. table. That thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I'm with you. Like, they don't teach you the things that you actually need to know about money, about interest, about compounding interest. Yeah. yeah. Um, and simply about the mindset that you have to have to be able to be successful. Um, the first book I wrote was uh, From Valet to Millionaire. So mm -hmm. I started Valet and then, you know, got into real estate. Is that your first book? Yeah. And okay. uh, it's it's the 10 things they don't teach you to become rich. They yeah. society, they's your teacher, they's your parents, whoever it is, like mm -hmm. they want the best for, out of, uh, for you. Um, they're not purposely misleading you. Mm -hmm. But you know, that that's their life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's things that you got to change. And you got to break away from the pack uh, yeah. to be an entrepreneur and to be successful because uh, school, school doesn't cut it for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah and then for me, like it, for my parents, like they didn't know anything about, they didn't know how anything worked. They didn't know how the government worked. They didn't know how the banks worked and insurance and stuff like that. So yeah. I was they're supposed to train me on how to be, uh, <laughs> to be a better person. <laughs> I knew from very early on that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but yeah. I didn't know exactly kind of like what that meant and what that entails. But I had seen other people yeah, and in their mind, like people that were making money, they were cheating the system somehow that, uh, because yep. that's because they didn't understand their point of view. They're just like, how can they make this much money and not work or how can they do this? And, you know, and they, um, yeah, good. but it, ca it came to a point where I met someone that basically, uh, what became my mentor. And this mm -hmm. is kind of when that, that opened, uh, a lot of doors, doors for me and a lot of ideas, I would say. For sure. Uh, again, like uh, my parents, were, you know, were never entrepreneurial. They supported me from day one. They're an absolute blessing in my life. Uh, but like, again, they, they don't know what they didn't yeah, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Ed Milet, uh, he says this all the time. He's like, it takes that one person to change the, the family tree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anybody can be that one person. Mm -hmm. You know, they yeah. just have to, I, I call it borrow belief. You know, just like you said, you met yeah. somebody, you saw the success. It's real. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to land on Mars. Yeah. You know, real estate is a very simple process. Yeah. yeah, It's just actually believing in yourself, learning something, and then implementing what you learn uh, to be successful because real estate works. Yeah. It's not yeah. if, it's that's only right. when. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And this is that to me, that's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter like what race you are, what religion you are. We're not going to talk about it, but we're not <laughs> <laughs> religion you are, it, what class you are in and stuff like that. Age, this is, this thing works. It works and it's, and it's solid. You just have to do a couple of things right. And then, you know, have some discipline and, you know, you're going to get there. Sure. So this this is the nice thing about it. And then yeah. you, you hit, the, hit also on something that was very interesting, uh, what's uh, about kind of like the change and stuff like that. Like I, I'm obviously father to uh, Antoine and my uh, other son, Etienne. And that's, I mean, I teaching like as much as I could and stuff like that. And now we're at a point where, you know, this is, Antoine is teaching me lots of stuff and yeah. then we're kind of learning together and we're growing um, together and we're questioning each other and stuff like that. And that yeah. dynamic is, is phenomenal. So how, how I, do you, how do you, how, so one of my fears is growing up and well, I, I guess having a child and mm -hmm. having them grow up feeling like entitlement or anything, how, how do you raise a child when you've already had some success to not, you know, feel entitled, entitled, I guess. Yeah, that's good. I mean, so, I mean, when I, for me growing up with him, he was like, dude, growing up, like I saw him on the weekends. Yeah. Like, he was flying around the country, working. working. We were, we were from Toronto. So I was born and raised, well, born in Toronto. 
when I was five, we moved to San Francisco. Got you. Big tech boom, 2000, 2001. So he got a job, moved, got us green cards, got us citizenship in 2010. But that 10 years, I mean, he was a slave. Gotcha. Like just working and sure, like you making good money, mm-hmm. but like all that money then went to like, like the American dream kind of shit, right? Like it was like you, we made all this money, but then you had to pay all these bills. You had a mortgage, you had this house that you had to like, you had to buy because you had to be close to the office, Google, Facebook, whatever, Twitter, you had to be close to the office. The houses around the office were four million bucks, two million bucks. You know, it's not like yeah, we're in the San Francisco Bay Area at the time. It was insane. Insane. So then you would like you're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to make this much money by moving there. But then they don't call it tell you the cost of living is just as much. You're like just scraping by. So I think like for me growing up, I never felt entitled to much of it because there was like I don't there wasn't much for. Like I saw the work that was going in for sure too. It wasn't just like, Oh, Antoine here. And I never got an allowance. I never got anything like everything I did. I had to like work work my ass off for, and even, even which we debated about too. Like I would even do like stuff around the house or do gardening or doing like manual labor around the house too, and getting paid by the hour, which he had a weird feeling of us like, fuck, I don't want to teach him to like hours for Uh, time kind of thing. But it did put that like hustle in me to like, fuck, if I can just work 14 hours a day, I can make 140 bucks as a 13 year old kid, seven yep. year old kid. I was like, yep. fuck yeah, I'll do whatever I can do for a hundred bucks. <laughs> and then I like, go to school and my friends are like, we got a hundred bucks a week in allowance. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. I, like, <laughs> Let me tell you, he didn't do manual work for very long. Yeah. I mean, I think that was painful enough for him. I think it was for like a, a summer or two. Yeah. Yeah. I think maximum one summer. <laughs> He said, "Enough of this bullshit." <laughs> he said, "That that puts fire under his uh, his behind." Yeah. He wanted to get off. That I said, "I'm not I'm not doing this." Yeah. This is like this is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was good. And and I think the uh, the trick I think for not being entitled is that you have to show. I mean, teach your kid to, to be involved, be transparent, and all of that. But so they sh- they know that there's some work involved and yeah. all that and making money, and then have them also put effort and stuff like that and, and make the connection with money. For sure. If you just give them money or if you just say, you know, then they just they just feel entitled. They say, oh, yeah, I don't have to work for it money. Grows on trees. They yeah, learned yeah. something. They learned <laughs> yeah. that all I have to do is be nice or do this and then I make money. I, I get money. So they, they learn something. They just don't learn what you want them to learn. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But it's a t- uh, yeah, it's a very th- like fine line. Mm. I've thought about that too. Like, how do you make sure? It's a fear of mine. Yeah, yeah. like it's because yeah. you want to give them everything, right? Yeah. yeah. But then, how do you make them like work for it too? Yeah, yeah. And ma- and for us, I mean, we, for me, like making him and making them part of it, yeah. part of the the company, part of huge. all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like my mom. So he was working like all day, all night, right? Um, as at like many different companies because he was independent. He had like a consulting business kind of thing. Um, but my mom was a stay at home mom for a good chunk of those years. And so she would always like start these entrepreneurial businesses on the side. Nice. So then he was out the whole week. He was back Saturday and Sunday and then leave again. And then she would have like, uh, she had like many different companies. They started a sauce company, a 
like retail store. Nice. Then during the summers, growing like even when I was seven years old, I mean, you said like selling candy. I, I yep. did the exact same thing. 100%. Selling soda, selling <laughs> yeah, candy, yeah. importing yeah. shit from Alibaba, selling yeah, it to yeah. kids. And then my mom had a store too. So then I was like stacking shelves. I was nice. like running the cash register, running so you, like. You saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Saw it and then like learned that it wasn't just like, it was like hard work and hustles. So, like in, involving your kid, I think, into whatever you're doing. Yeah. And then showing them like, you know, when you first start, you all you have is your labor and your time. Then eventually you have cash and you can leverage that cash and leverage it up and, you know, use leverage to get more money. But 100 percent, 100 percent. Yeah, it's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the end, I mean, you're going to see too, like the uh, your kid is you're going to see your kid. It's going to show itself that yeah. uh, you, you set them up and then, you know, they're going to they're going to set the path for sure <laughs> so for that's sure. pretty interesting to see so anyway so this is a our welcome tangent. to our parenting show <laughs> <laughs> change the billboard <laughs> that's right break are we parenting from the rat race uh, so so that's good so so you you did that hundred thousand dollar house mm -hmm. that hundred thousand dollar flip you say okay this is you know this is great I can, you can actually make money at this yeah and this is real it's in the bank and then is that when after that you start like doing the wholesaling and then the flipping and all that kind of stuff? And how did that come about? Because scaling is another big problem, yeah, right? Agreed. So it's kind of like, how do you go from, okay, I did it once. Can I do it again? Yeah. And then can I do it again successfully? And how, if it's so good, why can't I make 10,000 of those uh, a year? 100%. And how do you yeah, scale yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I so I flipped it and I made one hundred and seven thousand dollars in that profit. It was like an amazing. It was a tough deal to get through. Very tough. It was one hundred and seventy thousand dollar rehab. It was a massive wow. project. I was twenty one years old, so a lot of lessons learned. But yeah. it ended amazing. Yeah, you know, I walked out with a hundred thousand dollar check. Just turned twenty two. And, uh, but I went back to uh, valeting cars, 50 to 60 hours a week. I went back to college taking 15 credit hours because mm -hmm. I promised my mother I'd get my degree because that's how, you know, oh my society God. Yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, went back to it about 90 to 120 days later, I flipped my second house, made 40 grand. So I made about $150,000 in a three to four month span. Then I was like, hey, Ma, like, you ain't never gonna see me walk across that stage. And then I walked into work, I was like, hey, boss, like, you know, I'm, this ain't it no more. Yeah. And then went, you know, all in on real estate. Um, so, Damn. you know, I, I, looking back, I, you know, a hundred grand, I probably could have walked away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, it just, that wasn't like the end goal. You yeah. know what I mean? I knew there was a lot more than that. So after that, then, yeah, you know, literally went all in on real estate. You know, from day one, I was always sourcing my own deals. Um, you know, most of it back then was direct mail. You yeah. know, seven years right. ago, that stuff used to work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I did like seven deals the next year and then like 20 some the year after that. And then did like a uh -huh. hundred the year after that. So, uh, the first two and a half years of doing real estate, it was just me. Mm -hmm. I was working 14, 16, 18 hour days religiously. Cause like I was trying to make some money. And, uh, then finally one of my mentors, like uh, convinced me to hire an assistant to me, it was a cost instead of an investment. Yeah. But hired her, you know, business got easier, had more time yeah. to my hands. I was like, oh, crap, this actually works. Yeah. And uh, just kind of kept scaling it that way, hiring more team members, spending more money in marketing. And that's kind of how we grew the the deal volume, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to where we got it to. Okay. And Were, you, were you in Phoenix at the time or did you ever go back to Columbus? Uh, yeah. So I moved to Phoenix for that year to play basketball. Yep. And then as soon as I got done, I knew Columbus. You know, mm -hmm. it was close to family. 
So I moved back to Ohio and then lived in Ohio ever since then until moving to Florida about a okay. year ago. Okay, so gotcha. all, everything's been in uh, Ohio. Gotcha. Okay, so all, all these deals have been in, in Ohio in general or just all, all in Columbus? Uh, all, all in Columbus. We wholesaled a little bit in Cincinnati and a little bit in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but any property I ever purchased and 98% of the deals ever done uh, were in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Gotcha. Wow. Did you? So how, how many do you, do you still do wholesaling right now or... Did you stop doing that? Yeah, yeah. So mostly, like, we're just buying to, to hold now. Okay. Um, you know, I, people always ask, like, regret, right? And <laughs> I wouldn't be in the position I am without this. But so, like, I, I look back, right? You know, you flip 200 houses, right? Whatever the number is, wholesale, two, 300, whatever it is. Okay, you need money today. Yeah. Like, you can't keep all of those because exactly. you don't make money today yeah. on rental properties. But what if I kept, like, a third mm-hmm. or, like, a half? You know, I'd have two or three times the portfolio I have now. Um, be making a lot more money and be worth a lot more money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I wish I would have kept a third of what I sold because I got caught chasing social media. You know, social media looks cool to do blank amount of deals per month and make, you know, X yeah, amount yeah, of dollars yeah. per month. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you're waking up doing the same thing every single day, chasing mm-hmm. the next deal. Um, so now, like, we're just buying to keep his rentals. We'll yeah. flip, you know, a little bit. It used to be like 80-20 flips versus wholesales. Mm-hmm. Now it's reversed. It's like 20-80 flips versus wholesales. Mm-hmm. So just trying to keep as many as possible. Well, especially at the beginning. I mean, you want to build your capital. For sure. Right? I mean, exactly. and your re- cash, your return on investment is, yeah. is phenomenal when you do the flip. It's a lot better than, you know, the, the sure. 12% that you would get cash on cash return. Yep. And then we had, I mean, we, we started this kind of the, the same similarly too like we had we had one house and then that worked f- fabulously then we we started with two houses and then the financial system changed a little bit we couldn't get the same kind of loan we could get and we had to have like seasoning period and oh. all that and it's just like okay well that's not going fast enough for us like yeah. we need to we need to move this along a little bit more so either you go like more cash or or something but and then people started hitting us about hey i want to do uh i want to invest with you or i want to buy one of your houses that you finished up and all of that yeah. and that's when you know Antoine is like okay i think we can we should do this we should, there's this business we could turnkey. do turnkey yeah. Love like it. these i mean we had talked to some turnkey providers before that's and we didn't like them yeah. <laughs> and so that's when we decided to do our own nice. But then it was gonna going fast enough, and then we said, okay, well, maybe we should do turnkey. Now we have people, we have people that are interested in buying those, and then the returns are great, and then let's do that. Let's just right. uh, flip them. Yeah, I feel like you have to go through that yeah. capital raising stage until yeah. you hit, hit a certain number of capital, and now you're like, okay, now I have 10 million bucks. Now with 10 million, if I bought, you know, 250 houses, cool, I'll be making 20 grand a month. Okay, For you know, sure. now now it's a good time to like take that cash and convert it from like you know, from my fix and flip business to like the rentals as well. So, cause like for us too, like when we first started, we didn't have much money to start the turnkey business. And I was the only employee and I was getting paid like two grand a month or something like that. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, we did the math back. How many houses do we need to like, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, we need 10 houses. Antoine wanted to, he wanted to make sure that whatever money we were making was paying, he was paying for himself. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's just like, how many houses? Okay. I need to sell this much and I pay for myself. (laughs) And then, no, this was just, that was before that. Like even just for the cash flow, like every house we bought was like 200 bucks a month in cash. flow. I was like, okay, we need 10 houses. 10 houses, 20 grand each. Okay, we need uh, 200,000 bucks. You have 200,000 bucks? 
no, not right now. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, fuck, we got to sell some of these. Okay, let's keep going to getting to the 200. And then he's like, and then he started seeing that work. And then we were like, well, do you want to quit your job to come over? Okay, do the math again. Love it. How many fucking houses do you know? And then we need like 2 yeah. million houses for this guy. <laughs> so, you know, like that was like our situation. It was like, okay, the only way to do that, you know, we do one house a month that makes you 10, 20K a month. Yeah. Or you can keep it and make 200. Yep. What do yeah. you? What do you do? For sure. Yeah, exactly. And at what point do you do, what was the turning point? So yeah, you're yeah. doing a lot of uh, flips. Things are going well. How, how many flips, what was the maximum number of flips that you were doing when you said, okay, well, I need to change my business model now. I want to accumulate more. Yeah. So the, the, at the peak, it was between flips, wholesales, and burrs, rentals, mm-hmm. um, it was about 100 deals in a year. Um, wow. So give or take five or 10 deals. But yeah. that's kind of like what it peaked at. Yeah. And majority of them were flips and wholesales. Mm-hmm. And one day, a really good friend of mine, uh, his name's Terry, uh, we, you know, we've talked, we actually were in the same uh, real estate school class before starting investing. We both started there, and then he took the avenue. He kept all rentals, and I did all flips, mm-hmm. m- mostly flips. And, you know, at the beginning, I was at a lot more money than him. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And then, you know, f- years into this, which was a few years ago, I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, man, you know, I just refied, you know, a, a, maybe a tenth, maybe of my portfolio. And uh, I paid off half the houses. I re-leveraged the other ones at a lower interest rate. So I'm actually making more money. I paid off half the debt and I pulled out, you know, seven figures plus tax free. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God what <laughs> and that's when the light bulb lit yeah, yeah and i was like all right yeah you know I, i've you know built a, a war chest mm-hmm. you know I, i have some money in the bank i was like let's keep rental properties now mm-hmm. and uh you know from that point i forget the exact number but i think it was like 30 rental properties in like 90 days or something i just went all in on rentals um and just you know that's kind of been the focus ever since but wow. it was that phone call that that triggered it for me yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true we have a guy in memphis that did that too and he started when he was 20 years old, mm-hmm. 21 years old, buying houses. He got up to like 600 houses. Yeah. And he was just like, I don't give a shit. Like all of his businesses, he was just like, you know, like just like, <laughs> yeah. like, why are you so fucking calm? He's like, yeah. you know, you would just, he started a property management company just to manage his own rentals. Then yep. he started, he's like, okay, cool. Well, at least we have, so we're always going to have 600 doors. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and he was making so much money coming in every single month. And then he would just, oh, I need it. He started a hard money lending company by taking a line of credit against the 600 houses. There we go. Yeah. Hard money lending business created, you yeah. know, it's like crazy. So I definitely see how that mm-hmm. how that plays into effect. Just takes a long, long time. Well, you, get, you have to get to that point. I mean, yeah, sure. I think, yeah, you have to get to that point. I think uh, I think our path for the cash. Yeah. yeah. So that you can you can do that. But sure. definitely, You know, you can be a little bit greedy at the beginning and kind of not do any kind of rentals on yeah. the side. I mean, yeah. normally, yeah, like you suggested, you want to do some flips. That's fine to build capital. But then maybe a third or a quarter, you want to keep some of the rentals. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> But that's interesting, too, that you have around 100 houses a year. That's when you kind of like, okay, this is like I need. But you had a phone call. We didn't have any phone calls. Wish we stopped <laughs> at that point. <laughs> <laughs> because we for us like the, our decision sorry our decision was okay well let's let's keep scaling up let's do let's do more right now we're doing like a, around 200 uh, houses a, a year it. love it so 200 flips so you know it takes more you know more resources more contractor and stuff like that for and sure. now now we're saying okay well i think we need to 
we're we're at the maximum. Like we uh, for the markets that we have and the crews that we have and and the employees that we have, you know, it doesn't scale. But that's all flips too, no wholesale. Yeah, all flips. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But then for you, when you did decide to transition, did you have to turn off anything? Like, did you have any people that were running the wholesaling thing for you that you had to shut off or like? Yeah, great question. So, you know, from day one, we were always sourcing our own deals. Um, so we were always doing the marketing, the cold call and the SMS, the texting. So people always ask, like, did I run a wholesale operation? Yeah, but I was the buyer. Like I bought 90% uh, of the deals that gotcha. came through. Yeah. Um, so uh, didn't really change anything because we were still acquiring. Um and we've, we've outsourced management. That's something I know it could be done better in-house, but then you got to take all the headaches of managing. Yeah. Um, and rentals, honestly, for me, like to this day, I still don't touch any of the income. Like it's just, it's just in a bank account and grows. And like, you know, if you do a burr and you're over by 10 grand, use that money to put into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, it's like always been a long game. And I just try to like completely forget about my entire portfolio. Um, and then wake up, you know, when I'm 35, 40, 45 years old and, you know, be set for whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I try to forget about it for those reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, that's good. But that's really, sh- uh, so how many units do you have right now? Uh, about 100 right, right now. Yeah. So. so, you know, a lot of people are asking, look, oh, I don't want to be a landlord. It's I don't want to have to deal with all the tenants and stuff like that. And you have 100 houses. So how much time do you spend managing Great your question. portfolio? Great uh, question. Phenomenal question. So With you know, a third-party property management, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. Definitely outsourced. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, like when you're dealing with refinances and stuff, you know, we just refied 12 units or something. So like there's a, you know, paperwork and a process to that. So let's remove that because that's like, you know, getting it stabilized. Um, so of the rentals, we have seven Airbnbs um, that we have a company that cleans them. We got boots on the ground and somebody in my operations, you know, handles like, you know, the, everything else. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I spend, I don't know, 30 minutes a week, maybe mm-hmm. uh, my team, direct team, like the guy on payroll, maybe an hour a day uh, for the Airbnbs. Um, and then for the, the rest of the portfolio, uh, I mean, it's, I had my monthly call this morning. It was 37 minutes. Okay. And that's it. That's yeah. it. Wow. That's it. With the property management yeah. company and all that. Wow. Oh but again, like it, it, I know it's not maximizing the profitability, mm-hmm. right? Cause you know, turns don't take a week. They take a month or a month and a half. Oh, okay. Um, you know, you got to pay a leasing fee. You got to mm-hmm. pay a management yeah, yeah. fee. So I know it's not max. We're not, you know, increasing rents every 12 months. You know, no. it might be every two years because some slip through the crack. Uh, so I know we could make more money if we took it in-house. But, like, it's it's completely out of sight, out of mind yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hopefully it continues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about staffing and managing Yeah, not people. worth your time. It's yeah. literally like, and again, I told you, like, I, I literally don't take a penny out of it. So for me, it's a long play. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, cool. Let's let's let this go for the next five or ten years, yeah. and then we can figure it out at that point. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you have any uh, Section Eight that are part of uh, the portfolio? Um, I th- so we have two that for sure. Um, that's all that I know about. Because on only today, two, yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm sure there's some more, but yeah. the only two that I know of. Because on today's call, um, there one's back like nine grand, and one's back like four grand. Wow. But and CMA. Okay, we're gonna edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in Columbus, Ohio, CMHA, yeah, yeah. that's like the Section 8, um, they did like a transition on their management or okay, something. Yeah. Um, they literally sent notices to everybody. Like, hey, we know we're months behind. We know you will get paid. Uh, but, you know, we just have this huge issue going on. So right that's now. the government basically yeah. back oh on their God. rent. Exactly. Which I, I, have one of those, I have one of those in Detroit. I've been buying some Section 8s in Detroit. 
because the returns are insane. Yeah. And yeah, they're like one of them is back like four or five K. Yeah. Oh, really? I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah, like, yeah. My, my guy's like, it's coming. I promise. Like, we're good. you're going to get I followed paid. up today, too. <laughs> that's, not good. Like, that's not good when the government is back on bad. rent. Uh, I agree. Uh, like, how do you, didn't, how do you didn't, the government? No, they were like, we didn't have a piece of paper or some shit from the tenant. I'm like, okay, it's been like three months. Like, wow. how long does it take to get a piece of paper? Yeah. She w didn't fill out this form. One unit fault. was $8,800. I was like, it's a lot of money back rent. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So. It'll come. I got faith. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you have faith in the government. Interesting. Uh, I got faith wow. in Section 8. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then you said you're still buying today, even yep. with the really high interest rates, you're still buying, and you're still buying in Columbus. Yep. Have you thought about doing another market, changing it up? Yeah. Um, I've thought about it. I thought about uh, Cincinnati. We talked briefly yep. on that. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's an amazing, very similar market to Columbus. Um, I don't fix what isn't broken. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. outside of Columbus, I buy a hundred percent buy, but ideally a larger multifamily. Uh, but anything in Columbus, we're, yeah. we're buying um, yeah. just because that's where the team's at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got you. Have you ever bought any multifamily? Uh, our biggest one's an eight unit. So we got an eight, two sixes, bunch of doubles, bunch of singles. Uh, the biggest portfolio was 18 single family houses. Um, it's all obviously separate, yeah, but yeah. it's one transaction. Uh, that was honestly the best deal I've ever done. Uh, bought it for three one, um, put like a hundred grand into it. Six months later, it appraised for almost six million dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, Holy it was. Shit. We got an amazing deal on the front end, and yeah. then uh, what's the plan? Intel. The, they're putting like. 20 billion or something into Columbia, or maybe 100 billion. It's some crazy number. Wow. And it's like 10 minutes from all the properties. Oh, my oh God. My God. It, was, it was all just perfect timing. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Uh, so uh, you have a why single family rental? Why not apartment buildings like so many people are want us to go to? Yeah. Um, I, to me, it's never been one or the other. It's been whatever comes in mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, like it's all cash flow. But I think there's big benefits and big downfalls to both sides. So I think at the beginning in single family, you know, it's simple. It's easy. Um, you know, you're not raising 10 million. You're raising 100 grand. Uh, it's just a lower point to entry. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, kind of as I've gone up, I've I like the bigger deals. Um, there's obviously more hurdles to get into it. Uh, but I. I, I see the arguments on both sides. So to me, it's not one or the other. It's whatever mm -hmm. comes across my table that makes sense. I'm, I'm going for it. Yeah, and right on the market, to find multifamily is, is pretty tight. For I mean, sure. it's very hard to find. And then, of course, because it's the supply is low, yep. then the prices are through the roof. Cap rate is super low. Especially with interest like, rates. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, more just complicated. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys own any multifamily? We have one in uh, Midtown Memphis. Nice. Yeah. So. Do you enjoy it? Yeah, we had we had five at one point, and we sold like four. Yeah, we had close to like a hundred units, yeah. multifam. Yeah, but nice. we bought them for like just crazy deals. I think yeah. it was just yeah. perfect fucking time. Like, nice. Yeah. Bought one for a million, put four hundred into it, sold it for two point two million. Beautiful. Like beautiful. Eighteen months later. Yeah. Silly. Another one. Yeah, we we when we bought it, we thought we're never gonna sell it. Yeah, yeah. And then, exactly. then we exactly got that offer. Said, and, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to turn down. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was worth because we bought it for a million four hundred k, all in for one point four. I was like, oh, it's worth one point eight. Yeah. And then we get offered two point two, closing in thirty days. Time, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Yeah, and that was when the this was like uh, yeah right before COVID. So yeah. lucky, lucky I got out of it for sure. Mm. Yeah. And this one, the the last one that we have, ex fantastic location. Nice. So this one, I think we're gonna 
we're going to keep forever. And, uh, yeah. Well, we'll say that. But <laughs> well, if you want to make a good offer, <laughs> we're always open to that. But uh, yeah, so well, yeah, that because that well, so one of the reasons why we do want to sell that one is because we have investors oh, yeah. in that deal. Got you. And then they keep, you know, asking me like, "Hey, what's up?" Like, you know, I think the building it's sixteen units. I think that like nets like a couple thousand bucks a month, right? Yeah. And then they're like, "When's our? You know, we're gonna get like monthly disbursements. Yeah, distributions. And then, each? yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, sure, I can give you it, but like, I don't want to ask you for money two months later when like there's an HVAC or X, yeah. you know, XYZ or Uniturn or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's just keep the money in the bank. There's twenty, thirty grand in the bank. Let's yep. just leave it in there, and like, I'll give you guys your fifty bucks when time." <laughs> Um, Starbucks card, maybe. <laughs> Coffee on this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that, bring, you know, ask for you, like for your portfolio, is those hundred, do you have any like joint venture people, private money like associated with that? Is yeah, it yeah. only you and you can now make the decisions or how yeah. is it kind of set up? No, fantastic question. So um, basically we raise private money to fund it and buy, purchase and rehab. Then we cash out with the bank, pay off all the private money 100%. So those I own 100%. Um, that 18-unit portfolio that we purchased uh, was a buddy of mine that uh, found the deal, brought it to the table, so him and I partnered on it. Um, so outside of those 18, I own 100% of everything. Um, and that was the first, like, you know, long-term partnership. Uh, like, we've JV'd on, like, flips before, but that's, yeah. you know, in and out. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, the first, like, long-term partnership ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I mean, it's going great. But, you know, 10 years from now, you know, we may have different decisions, yeah, you know, yeah, liquidation, yeah. whatever. But um, I am I was never open to partnerships. You know, I wanted 100% of my little grape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that was not the right way to do things. So now I want, you know, 10, 20, 50% of a big old watermelon. So mm-hmm. uh, very open to it now. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure it can come with struggles, uh, yeah. you know, with wrong people, wrong intentions, all that other stuff. Yeah. Well, we have the right people. We have the right people. I mean, the people are great that we're working. Our investors are great. They're very understanding, very good. But they're also kind of like new to investing in uh, apartment buildings. Yeah. And then they're kind of like, you know, like they want to see some money and yeah. stuff like that. And I mean, we so that's kind well, of the thing. But when you own the property, the property yourself, I mean, it's so much easier, so much flex, more flexible. Sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, because those other apartment buildings were owned just by us. Mm. Yeah. So we just looked at we ran a return on equity calculation. We're like three percent. Fuck this. Like sell the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's an easy decision. Yeah. yeah. Easy decision. Yeah. And then we just boom, you know, accepted the offer because I thought it was one point eight. So obviously your ROE is way different than two point two. For sure. And we were like ran it at two point two. It's like three percent. I'm like. I think we were walking like at the beach. I'm like, we got to sell that thing. It does not make any sense to hold the damn thing. And I was like, yeah. if it is worth 2.2, we refinance it. We can't even refi because the rents don't make sense. Like yeah. the thing would make 200 bucks a month for a 20 unit apartment. We couldn't building. maximize on the, yeah. on the mortgage. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't make sense to refi. ROE sucks. Let's just take the cash, put it in Martel Turnkey or yeah. flip the house. It makes yeah. way, you know, 30% return on our money yeah, versus sure. three. Yeah. So that that portfolio that I was telling you about the eighteen units, um, very similar situation. The ARV is just so high. I think our debt's like the refi, like the stabilization of the bird is mm-hmm. at like sixty two percent. Oh my god! So we, you know, we're all in for three three. It's worth six mm-hmm. zero dollars cash out. It was a break even oh, because wow. the the debt service coverage ratio, yeah. the the rents just aren't there. Yeah. Um. So I definitely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and we're big on equity. That so we just like we look for equity. We look for return on equity and maximizing yeah. that. So, 
so that's when that these numbers came came up then okay i even I even sold my house to get the <laughs> equity out <laughs> my house so uh to invest in apartment buildings and to invest in martel turnkey so yeah because the equity i it was really uh, pissing me off every every day i would come home and i would i would see the equity watching tv uh, and one, you know, when I've been working my ass off, it's just like, ah, the equity is right there. And I, you know, I'm sitting on my couch. <laughs> that That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So did real estate. And then you kind of like uh, another transition point was around social media. So how did the social media really came, came about? Uh, and um, yeah, so let's just talk about kind of how it came about and then I think it came about during while you were doing real estate and you yeah. were doing flips. And how did that social media help your real estate business? For sure. So, uh, again, mentor, you know, just like, yo, get on social media, get on social media. And at the beginning, it was just, you know, trying to show people how the game, you know, how to grow, how to learn. Uh, probably did that for like a year, you know, just literally, you know, close the deal today, buying this house, here's the numbers, just documenting what I was doing on a mm -hmm. daily basis. And then it came to a point, uh, I don't even know what we did, but somehow it got monetized. I think it was like an affiliate deal or something. And I was like, wait a minute, like you can make money on social media? Like this is crazy. This is probably you know, two, three years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe a little bit longer. And I was like, what in the world? So I kept doing my thing, started making more money. And I was like, oh, like this can be like real. This can be a business. Uh, so now, you know, at that point we started tracking, you know, KPIs, you know, what I posted, what worked, what didn't yeah, use yeah. impressions, shares, likes, all those things, uh, to try and, you know, maximize the exposure. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we live in a world where, um, eyeballs is everything, mm -hmm. right? Uh, who, what's the, uh, Alex Hormozzi. Yeah, yeah just, I just watched that video. Just watched Amazing. that today. Yeah. So yeah. Eyeballs <laughs> is a new, uh, new oil. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Mr. Beast just turned out a bit multi-billion dollar deal yep. just for his social media channels. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of realized over the last couple of years, like the power of, of having a brand and having eyeballs behind you. Um, and just, you know, kind of been going all in on that. So, you know, posting on TikTok, Instagram, um, YouTube, and, uh, you know, just trying to continuously grow it as much mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. So did that attract that, that, uh, that covered not only because it's monetized, but also did that, how did that help you and the real estate thing to be more awareness of like you're, you're doing the deals anyway, did that, how did that change? No, hundred percent. Uh, you know, been able to raise money from it, private money. Uh, I remember a deal backed out the night of, and I had to close like 9am the next morning, made a post, raised a couple hundred grand from somebody I've never met. And I was like, Oh crap, like, this is crazy. Wow. And she literally were on the phone. She's like, I don't know why I'm like doing this, but like, <laughs> I just trust you. So social media yeah. and now we're here. Um, wow. bought a lot of deals from mm -hmm. it, uh, from like, uh, JV, that deal, you know, yeah. came from, you know, having a brand, having a presence, mm -hmm. um, been bought a lot of other deals from wholesalers, same thing. Um, I get sent deals I'm all over all day, every day. So it's sorting through some of the bad ones. Uh, but absolutely it, it brought deal flow. Um, it brought money. Mm -hmm. Um, it brought exposure. It brought speaking on stages. Uh, it got, you know, me getting into rooms that I never thought I could get into mm -hmm. literally just by having, you know, a check mark or, you know, a hundred thousand followers. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it opens up a lot of doors and opportunities for you. Yeah, I know. Uh, Antoine was posting so every once in a while he would post this. Oh yeah, well, we have this, uh, for anything, right? I'm, right. Raising money. Uh, I need some money. <laughs> Before, the phone would go off the hook. Okay, well, yeah, $100,000, $50,000. That's crazy. Yeah. And then we oh, we want to hire somebody. 
Okay, yeah, there we go. We have like three applicants or five applicants. And like anything you need. Anything. Yeah. It's just on. Yeah, we had like a section eight. Like Tom Cruise has been really pushing the section eight yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then like, did you post anything section eight now? It just blows up. So I was like, section eight, turnkey section eight rental for sale. It got like, you know, the most ever stories views I've ever gotten. <laughs> like my sales team had 45 book calls that day just That's from amazing. that that one post. Oh my God. It was That's like, awesome. yeah. oh my God, it was crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Social media definitely work. Yeah, we raised a ton of money from it. Sold houses and yeah. So right now with your social media and then so now you're doing uh, like uh, private money lending also right now or so how what what are you doing right now like uh, t- in terms of investment in terms of um, yeah with your engagement with uh, with people for sure uh, so still you know doing real estate you know buying houses keeping his rentals flipping a couple houses here and there um, and then you know social media. Uh, there's different like, um, you know, brand deals you can have like through like PropStream or, you know, uh, uh, Batch or, you know, any of those things. So mm-hmm. a little bit of there. Um, but every once in a while, like different, you know, bigger opportunities will come just from eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just people always ask me, like, what's the end goal with social media? Yeah. Like, I don't really know yet, but I know social media will bring that end goal. You mm-hmm. know, whatever it is like one opportunity, one relationship, one deal, you know, it's game over just from that. So yeah trying to be omnipresent on social as much as possible. Um, and then, you know, ran into an opportunity a few months ago. Uh, it's called the ERC. Uh, and oh, yeah. th- that, I think, is the biggest opportunity I've ever seen in my life. Um, so it's the way we, the way I look at it is, like, very similar, similar to a wholesale business. Mm-hmm. It's the same model, just a different product. So I'm like, well, I already know how to do this. And uh, so that's, that's getting a lot of attention right now, too. Um, so do you, want, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, so high level is called the Employee Retention Credit, um, and it came out in the CARES Act back when twenty in, in twenty twenty when the CARES Act came out, and business owners can get a twenty six thousand dollar credit per W two employee that they had on payroll during twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. A lot of businesses don't know this exists. It's money owed to them from the IRS. It's a credit on money that they've already paid. So it, everybody like has the money there. They just have to go in and claim it. Uh, so basically, there's there's companies that help people get access to these funds. And as an affiliate, you know, you can connect business owners with the company and then get paid a commission mm-hmm. on it. So unlike, you know, real estate, it eliminates all the risk, but there's significantly higher uh, upside as well. So uh, it's kind of high level what it is. And I just there's so much money in it. Um, it's a two year run. It ends uh, September 2024. But I'm like, hey, you know, two years is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's getting a lot of attention right now. But I thought that the uh, so I didn't realize that people could get a commission for getting the ERC to a company. Yeah, so you don't get paid from the IRS, yeah. uh, but the companies that help business owners get access to it, they take a filing fee. Okay. Of, you know, different people charge different things, call it 15%. So if somebody gets 100 grants, $15,000 to the company, then mm-hmm. the company pays you a commission for, for uh, making that connection. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. And are you doing, are you doing, what are you doing to find the business owners? Are you buying lists, cold calling, texting? Same thing as wholesaling. Texting, oh cold calling, Facebook ads, really? PTC. You know, uh, I was driving down here. There's an open billboard. It said advertise here. I was like, well, I've got to give them a call. <laughs> wow. But it's it's literally the same model, just just a different product. Mm. Got it. And are you pushing people to, like, your landing page where they fill out a form to collect their info? Or yeah. right to your affiliate link, I guess they could go there, right? Yeah, they could. Uh, we have a double opt-in. So, you know, we're, we're collecting the, the information on the front end. Um, so we can give them a call, you know, answer any questions they have. Uh, and then it goes directly to the questionnaire to actually determine the eligibility and the qualification. Gotcha. Wow, that's crazy. 
So I mean, it yeah, it, it's just it's literally the same model. So yeah. I was like, well, this is this is perfect. Let's yeah. give it a try. Yeah, interesting. And then where do you see yourself in past that two year mark? <laughs> a couple million dollars later, where do you see yourself in ten years? Obviously, you're still buying the rentals. You got this little stint going on for the next couple of years. Yep. But where do you see like Austin in ten years? What do you see yourself doing? Like new businesses, new ventures, or just keep stacking the money into the rentals? What do you think? Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, you know, it changes all the time. Um, you know, I think, so there's like three really big opportunities in today's world that I see. Real estate, it's been around, it's always gonna be around, it's created the most millionaires ever, so like, let's keep doing real estate, mm -hmm. right? Um, eyeballs is currency, that's a saying that I have, and it's, uh, you know, building the brand as big as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and then cryptocurrencies, I think, uh, obviously it's not doing well right now, but I think it'll change the future. Um, so I'm really big on that too. So basically, those are the three things that have my focus. Um, and if you can make money, put it into those things, you know, I think it'll pay off a lot in the future. Uh, hopefully, knock on wood. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as like ten years from now, I don't know. I uh, I'm getting married in April, so like having a family, you know, we're going to try and have kids after that, God willing. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I'll be able to spend as much time with the with the little ones as possible. Okay, that's good. Cool. Do you want to talk about uh, your uh, program, Elevate Life? Yeah, so uh, Elevate's uh, just kind of like the personal brand. So Austin Rutherford, Elevate Life, kind of synonymous with one another. But um, anything personal branding, um, real estate education, um, affiliate deals, anything like that kind of uh, falls under uh, the Elevate umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you know, basically we just we help other uh, people, you know, get invested into real estate. Okay. So it, that what, what's a part of the program? It's all about kind of like social media. It's about real real estate investing. You have different branches that people sign up, and it's like a yeah, yeah. So classes and stuff. A or? couple different programs. Uh, one's called Elevate Coaching. It's specifically for real estate. So okay. uh, basically, wholesaling, raising money, flipping houses, and buying rental properties. Um, has some coursework. Has some coaching calls with it as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's another program called the Elevate Family. It's kind of like a high level mentorship. You know, yeah. guys that are already successful in business. Um, you know, just kind of coming together and, and learning and bouncing ideas off of one another. Um, and then we do, do events uh, every once in a while. We were talking about that earlier. Um, you know, hopefully quarter one of next year, we'll do a big one down here in South mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, but the power of getting people in a room together, um, there's just a lot of opportunity that, that, that comes with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially if they're like-minded or they're seeking the same thing or sure. something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Excellent. Uh, do you want to talk about your your book, your latest book? Uh, what is it called? Well, you get did a free book tour houses. on that too, right? Get, get free houses. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did ten how? cities in thirteen days. How do yeah, I get a free house? I should have brought the book, <laughs> but uh, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's get free houses, and it's how to build generational wealth without using your own money. So, um, you know, a lot of what we talked about today is based around the bird method. So, how to raise money to buy the house, renovate it rent it out and then refinance it with the bank. So it's kind of breaking down each one of those steps, you know, how to find deals, how to raise the money, how to, you know, rent a house, um, not so much on management. I say, mm -hmm. Hey, I have a management company. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, refinance it with the bank. So, mm -hmm. uh, if anybody wants to grab a copy, how to get free houses.com, mm -hmm. uh, they can grab a copy there. All right. How did the book tour go? Uh, it was good. It was amazing. Um, you know, connect with a few thousand people in person, uh, which was awesome. You know, people driving, you know, two, three, four hours in just to kind of come, you wow. know, see, learn, connect. Uh, it was very rewarding and, and, and humbling. Um, it was a lot of work. It was yeah. a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, we'd be up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. on the road to the next city, drive for three to six hours, um, set wow. up, uh, go grab lunch, come back, and, you know, from 
I think it was six to eleven, do the event, break it down, do it all again the next day. So it was a uh, it was a lot. It was amazing, uh, but it was a lot. Did you film <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah. So we documented the entire thing. Oh yeah. So Damn. it was uh, a. Did lot. you rent like an RV? No. <laughs> so we God went, damn. We, Don't we, tell me it's a Honda Civic or something. <laughs> a Chevy, Chevy Suburban. I wish it was a Sprinter. Oh. Next time, so if I do it again, I'm gonna get a Sprinter to yeah. drive. Yeah, and I'm gonna get people to Just set up. Rent it for yeah, yeah, set yeah, up yeah, and break yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. So, but wow. yeah, it, it was a good time though. It was fun. Yeah. Did you autograph all these um, these books? I did. You know, like carpal tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't lot. even remember how to handwrite anymore. Like my, everything yeah, is really. over here. And then wait a minute, I just want to write a little bit and then my hand starts hurting. Handwriting yeah. <laughs> is horrendous. <laughs> yeah. That's so sure. uh the other thing is um okay, so that's that's uh that's good. And then the um did you have to like read excerpt of your book or how did, how did that work for your book tour? Did you have to what kind of presentation did you have to prepare for? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think it was three hours. Um, it was like 45 minutes of networking at the beginning. Um, and then I did a talk basically around raising private money. Um, mm -hmm. So it was like 30 minutes on, you know, what private money is, how to raise it, how to talk to them, documents needed. So basically oh, very informative on private money. Yeah. Um, and then some cities we had uh, like guests come in from that city locally, come yeah. in and teach on the topic. Um, and then broke out and then, you know, hung out and networked for the last like 30, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily part of the book, like yeah. word for word, but yeah. uh, it was basically the chapter on raising private money. Yeah, oh, that's, that's good. Too. That's good. Uh, private money is uh, like if you've never heard of it, I mean, it's mind, bl mind blowing. It is. I and mean, you, you, know, you always think that, oh, I have to go to a bank to get a loan. And, uh, and then no banks give loans for some reason. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Not right now, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, now they may do, maybe they are now, but uh, nobody wants their these loans. But <laughs> anyway, so that's just kind of like the situation. And then you hear about private money, and it's just, oh my god, this is like I can do that, and this is legal, and this this is the contract. It's a simple contract that I have to to yeah. do. And I mean, wow, I, I mind blowing. I'm I'm very uh, passionate about private money, and I think the, the thing that most people don't understand. Um, is they feel like they're it's, they're coming from an ask, mm -hmm. like hey, like hey, can you guys lend me yeah. two hundred grand? Please, can you believe in me to lend me two hundred grand? Yeah. And if if you're educated on real estate and you understand the product, that means it's very limited risk. Mm -hmm. And there's no other better asset class for you know somebody that's fifty, sixty, seventy years old to invest in to potentially earn a double digit return that's backed by and secured by yeah. you know usually first or second position on real estate. Yeah. You know, I've gotten the phone calls of people, and I'm sure you guys have too, of people like crying, thanking me for allowing them to retire early to give them the, you know, the cash flow. Nobody uh, cried. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> but like I, I did a video um, this morning on it. And so, you know, I forget the exact numbers, but if you got a million dollars in the stock market, it just went down 30 oh, yeah, percent. Yeah. So you're at 700 grand. It'll take you five Those years. Those people are crying. 100%. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll take them five years at an average oh, yeah. of 7% to get back to break even. Exactly. Yeah. Versus if somebody could take that money, lend it at 10%, whatever the number is, mm -hmm. you know, there, there is no downside to it. Yeah. Um, so I think people need to get away from the ask. And truly, wholeheartedly, genuinely believe you're giving somebody an opportunity yeah, in a exactly. lifetime to invest yeah. with you. Yeah. And when you believe that, it's significantly more easier to talk with people about raising yeah. private yeah. money. Because when you think about it, I mean, you ask anybody, is it where where are you going to invest your money to make like eight or ten, twelve percent? Yeah, with very limited risk. Very limited risk, exactly. So yeah. you, you, nobody has that. You're going to leave it in the bank for zero. <laughs> 
point zero two. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, you're an ally. <laughs> <laughs> this is the highest interest rate I've ever seen. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. I'm, I think I'm getting two percent on ally right now. Annualized, of course. Yeah, two percent. But uh, I was like, wow, this is amazing. That's funny. Anyway, Austin, so it was a pleasure speaking with you. So if uh, people are interested in uh, following you, in uh, contacting you and learning more, getting your book and stuff like that, what's the best place for them to reach you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at Austin Rutherford Official on Instagram, that's where I'm the most interactive, answering DMs um, on there, on TikTok, on YouTube. And uh, if you want to grab a copy of the book, How to Get Free Houses, uh, www.howtogetfreehouses.com. So appreciate the opportunity being here. This was fun. Well, then, yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you very Thanks much. For coming. Absolutely. So make sure you like and subscribe and see you next week.